Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, we're going to join together in the Word. We're going to read the Bible today. We're going to look at the Word. And I believe that there is a a word that the Lord has for some of us today. And when I was getting ready, and I tell you this frequently, and, I, and this is the God's honest truth, um, uh, I don't just ever sit down and think to myself, hey, what should I talk about at church tomorrow? What should I talk about at church this week? You know, I was talking to so-and-so, and they're really dealing with this, so I'm going to preach about this. They'll never know I'm talking about them. I don't do that, okay? When I sit down and get ready to, to begin to think about church and put my heart towards what the Lord wants to say, I always ask the Lord, what do you want to say? Because this is his church, Amen. Right, We gather to hear his word, and so I believe that every time anybody gets up to speak in this church, that they are speaking, the Bible says, as the oracle of God. And so that they are uh, making room inside of themselves where it's not just my own words and my own thoughts, but it is the spirit of God speaking through me. And so every time I get ready to preach, I say, God, what is it you want to say to your church this Sunday? And here's what he said, because honestly, I had a bunch of thoughts rolling around in my head. Did anybody ever have that before? You got like a bunch of thoughts trying to figure something out. You got thoughts flying everywhere. And you go, I could, I could talk about this. I could do this. But I was like, God, what do you want to say? And this is what the Lord said. And I have it written down in quotation marks because I wanted to get it right. Not like it's hard and complicated. I just wanted to get it right. And he said to me, he said, Jacob, I want to remind people of the work I accomplished for them through my son. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I've been thinking about this, and during worship, I got the title of my message. Are you ready for it? It's a little, it's a little maybe controversial. Jesus the Destroyer. Jesus the Destroyer. Now, often when we think about Jesus, we don't think of him as a destroyer, do we? And in fact, I was looking it up, and there's a lot of names for Jesus, isn't there? Let me, let me read you some of these names that we have for Jesus just so we can all be on the same page together, and then we'll talk about Jesus the destroyer because it doesn't seem like, or, when we think about Jesus, we always think of like Jesus is amazing. We think of him a good light. But when we're talking about today, Jesus the destroyer, there's a reason I'm calling it this. And so, listen, here's some names for Jesus. He is Emmanuel. He is Christ. He is the bread of life. He's the bread of heaven. He's the author of life. He is the amen. He is the alpha and omega. He is the almighty. He is the shepherd. He is the consolation of Israel. He is the deliverer. He is Emmanuel. God with us. He is the faithful and true witness. He is the good shepherd. He is the heir of all things. He is the high priest. He is the holy and righteous one. He is the horn of salvation. He is the great I am. He is the king of Jews, the lamb of God. He is the last Adam. He is the light of the world. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lord of all. He is the Lord of lords and king of kings, the Lord of glory. He is the man of sorrow. He is the master, the mediator, the Messiah, the morning star, and our Passover lamb. And I'm going to add the destroyer to that list. <laughs> so go with me. Open your Bibles. If you have your Bible, go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 and 8 is where we're going to go look at today. And I have three portions of Scripture. And listen, guys, honestly, the Lord has been talking to me about some really practical aspects. As we move into these days and times that we're living in, 
Uh, if we don't have some real foundational things set in our own hearts and lives, as we move into the future of the world, we're going to be sunk. We're going to be lost. And so there's some things that we have to have set in place that we know and that we understand beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, there is uh, a set of books. I came across, across this, this quote. Across this quote. Yeah. Across. Uh, there's a set of books that were written by a man and his wife, um, Will and Ariel Durant. It's an 11-volume set. This guy was an American author, an historian, philosopher. He was born in 1885, and he died in 1981. And he wrote an 11-volume series of books called The History of Civilization, which is great. You should all pick up copies of it and read about the world and where it came from. And in this book, they make this quote. They say, a great civilization, you're going to want to listen to this. A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself within. A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself within. And so let's put this in layman terms. It means this, that internal collapse precedes external domination. The collapse happens inside of you before you are conquered on the outside. And here's what I want to say to you today. Listen, we all know this. We understand this, but maybe sometimes we forget it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 talks about how there is an enemy, and he is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour us. And we talked about this a couple of ways a couple of weeks ago. Some of the ways that he tries to conquer us is inside our minds, in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our feelings. And so I want to tell you today, maybe you've forgotten about this. Maybe you're not thinking about it. Maybe you push it to the back of your head so you don't have to think about it. But there is an adversary that is out there that is waging war on you internally to try and cause you to collapse on the inside so that you can be conquered from the outside. I got good news for you, though. We've got Jesus, the destroyer. So we've got an enemy that's roaming around, trying to find you, to eat you, to gobble you up, to conquer you. Listen, and here's the thing. When somebody is conquered by, like, historically, if you go read these books, historically, we know that when somebody or some nation or some city is conquered, those people that are part of that civilization or that city or that nation that have been conquered become enslaved to the conqueror, right? And so you've got an adversary that's looking for you to conquer you, to enslave you to himself. But I got good news for you. You've got Jesus the destroyer. Oh, you don't seem too excited about that. I'm telling you, you've got Jesus, the destroyer, who is working for you. You've got Jesus, the destroyer, that has gone out before you and created a way and created a path and fought the battle for you so that you don't have to worry about being conquered and being enslaved to the enemy. Okay, okay. First John chapter 3, let's look at this. I'm not even there yet, so hang on a second. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. John is speaking. He says, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what's right 
It shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But, everybody say but. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. You've got Jesus the destroyer who came to destroy the works of the devil. Now it says here, it says, let's, let's do a little history lesson here. It says, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. Now, I don't know everybody in this room, and so let me, let me give you a little history lesson for a minute. The beginning that the devil has been sinning from is from the beginning of our history, not the beginning of his history. If you go back in your Bibles and read, the devil, as we call him, or Satan, as we call him, was named Lucifer, and he was an angel in heaven. And we read about his fall in Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah chapter 14. We read about him. We read about how God made him. We read about his fall. The Bible says that he fell because his heart became filled with pride and he wanted to ascend to the highest place in heaven and take the place of God. And so the Bible says that God cast the enemy out. But his beginning was not like that. His beginning was a created being. His beginning was an angel. The Bible says that he was beautiful covered in gems and stones. And then he sinned, and God kicked him out. And then since the beginning of our time, since the beginning of Adam and Eve, we see right off the bat, Satan shows up. Now listen, the word Satan literally means this. In Hebrew, it means adversary. And we call him the devil. And in Greek, devil means accuser. This is who he is. This is his nature. And when it says he's been doing this from the beginning, he can't help but do what he is. You do what you are. You act like you are. You act what you think. And so this is who he is. He is the accuser. He is the adversary. He stands in your way. And so he's going to try and stop you every way that he can. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. I want you to take a minute and think about your life. And I want you to think about the works that the enemy is trying to do in your life. Because he's not happy just to sit back and allow you to live your life all willy-nilly, freestyle, do whatever you want, and have a happy-go-lucky good time. He wants to stop you. He wants to enslave you. He wants to capture you. He wants to ruin your life. Do you know that? So he has works that he does. Now, what works does the enemy do? Well, that's a great question. Let's look at our super familiar scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10 lists this out for us. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Oh, hey, before we get there, let me tell you about this. When it says that Jesus came to destroy, destroy the works of the enemy, let's talk about that word destroy for a second. That word destroy in the Greek is this, luo. 
And it means to loosen, break, destroy, dissolve, melt, sever, demolish, i.e. buildings that are marked for demolition. Does anybody here live in Chilliwack? I live in Chilliwack. And they are demolishing the Chilliwack Mall. I've been, I've been calling for that mall to be demolished for years. <laughs> I used to work in that mall. I used to make frozen yogurt in that mall. I, like that mall has been around. It, it needed to go a long time ago. It needed an upgrade for sure. And so it says the, the Hebrew definition, or the Greek definition, I'm sorry, is like to demolish it like you were getting rid of a building. And right now they are demolishing this building. And here's the really interesting thing. When they demolish a building, they literally get rid of every piece of it before they start to rebuild. They break it apart, and then they have like all these pieces of foundation. They come in, and they break those foundation pieces up into small little things. They put them in dump trucks, and they cart them away until suddenly they have this clean, uh, nice new platform to work with where there's nothing there from the previous. It is completely gone. And that's the same word that John used when he said that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Listen, Jesus didn't want to come and just partially destroy the works of the enemy in your life so that you've got a few fragment pieces sticking around, so that you've got part of this old building still there. We're like, oh, we couldn't get rid of that piece, so we just decided to leave it and work around it. What kind of demolition would that be? That's Jake McGrew demolition. I'd be like, I don't know what to do with this. Let's just make it into a room or something. Or a, it's a feature. It's cool. <laughs> honestly, honestly, guys, that's what I would do. <laughs> Some things are just beyond me. But when it talks about Jesus destroying the works of the enemy in your life, the works that the devil comes to do in your life, and it says that he came to destroy those works, it means that Jesus comes along with the wrecking crew of heaven and begins to go to work on the things that the enemy has built in your life. Maybe mindsets, maybe attitudes, maybe habits, maybe addictions, maybe whatever you got going on inside of you that nobody else knows that the devil put there and he's been building for years. The Lord comes along and he says, hey, I'm here from heaven's wrecking crew and I'm here to take this wall out. And he begins to knock it down. He begins to kick it over and he begins to get out the shovel and scrape everything. You say, oh no, God, that's okay. You can leave that piece. And he says, that's not how we roll. He says, I came to destroy the works of the enemy. And so when I leave this construction site of your heart, this is going to be perfectly brand new and clean. And there won't be a spot from the enemy that was here before. You've got Jesus the destroyer who's at work in your life. John chapter 10, verse 10. My Lord, I'm yelling. I need to calm down. We'll get on the piano. <laughs> John chapter 10, verse 10. What are the works the enemy came, or what, what are the works that Jesus destroyed? John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. The thief's purpose, that's it, guys. It's not rocket science, okay? He, he doesn't have a, here's the thing. He doesn't have a lot going on. He's not like this crazy rocket. His, here's his purpose, and we have his purpose written down. Yeah, we literally have like, oh, well, here's what's gonna, here, here's, here's what he's trying to do. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill 
and destroy. That's why he's here. That's all he wants to do. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. And he wants to destroy. So here's what you got to do. You got to take stock of your life. And you begin to look around and say, what is happening inside of my life? What's happening in my marriage? What's happening in my finances? What's happening in my body? What's happening in my thought life? Is it stealing from me? Is it bringing me joy? Is it bringing me peace? Is it bringing me life? Or is it stealing those things from me? And if it's stealing from you, then you know it's not from God. And you know it's from the enemy. And good news for you, you've got Jesus, the destroyer, who came down here to earth to take care of that so that you don't have to live that life anymore. This word here for steal is the Greek word klepto. We had a pastor friend who used to talk about how you, one time he went to go see, uh, and you've heard Pastor Jen probably share this before, but um, he went to some kind of like, I don't know, some kind of night. It was like a, a gala or something. And there was a, like, uh, like a guy doing a stand-up show before the main event. And he was like a pickpocket. And so he would come here, and he would have a conversation with somebody. Jacob, come up here. And so this guy would bring somebody up from the audience and begin to get him up here and talk and be like, hey, man, so good. Hey, my name is Bob. What's your name? Jacob. Oh, Jake. I just love Jacob. And he'd like, he would, like, touch Jacob, and he, he would, like, ask him questions, and he would, like, hug him and shake his hand. But here's the thing. As this guy was doing all these things, as he was smiling at Jacob, as he was staring him in the face, he would, like, shake his hand. Oh, so good. You know, do the classic, like, we've all seen the movie where you, like, shake hands, grab the person's wrist, you take their watch off. We all know how to do this. We're all professional pickpockets, right? He would take the watch off Jacob's arm. He put his arm around Jacob and, like, grab his wallet somehow. I don't know how you wouldn't feel that. But, and he would, like, begin to literally pick Jacob's pocket. And so then this guy would go sit down, and the guy on the stage that was hosting the night began to be like, oh, man, I got like this and this. Hey, is this yours? I got this watch. The guy never knew it was happening. My point is, is that's the word that is used here. When the devil comes to steal from you, it's the Greek word klepto. And it actually means this. Thanks, Jacob. It actually means um, in the sense of stealing by stealth, secretly, so that you never even know it's happening. Until suddenly you look around and everything's changed. You don't know why, but suddenly you're missing all the things in your, lot, in your life that you thought you should have had. I, th- I, th- I thought I should have had some peace. I thought I should have had some joy. What's happening? Where, where did it go? Where did I lose it at? The devil comes to secretly steal from you without you even being aware of it. But good news, you've got Jesus, the destroyer, who came and stopped that work of the enemy because he came to destroy the works of the enemy. So when Satan is up here glad-handing you, smiling, staring you right in the face and trying to pickpocket you, you've got Jesus. Don't you love it when you watch a show I love to watch shows, clearly. But don't you love it when you watch a show and somebody is being pickpocketed and there's somebody else who sees what's happening and he walks up and stops it? says, excuse me, excuse me, did you know you're being pickpocketed right now? Did you know this nice guy that's staring you in the face is stealing from you right now? What? what? Oh my gosh, my diamond brooch is gone. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's who Jesus is. 
Jesus is the one who is watching and saying, no, 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 I stopped that work. In fact, I destroyed that work. So you can't come into Jacob's life. You can't come into David's life. You can't come into Cherokee's life because I have destroyed that work. I took my wrecking crew down and once and for all, there's no room to be rebuilt. I came in and I removed every piece of the work of the enemy and destroyed it flat out. I destroyed that work comes to kill. That word kill, it literally means to slay, to slaughter. It's not just kill. It gets more graphic than that. In fact, it talks about slaughtering for a sacrifice. This is what the enemy has come to do. These are the works of the enemy, to steal from you, to slaughter you for sacrifice, and to destroy you means to put to death, to cause you to perish, to cease to exist. These are the works of the enemy that he's trying to do in your life. But a lot of times we forget that he's really out there at work. And so you've got to think about your life. You've got to take stock of your life. You've got to remind yourself that you don't have to think that way. You don't have to act that way. You don't have to believe that way. You don't have to feel those things. Your finances don't have to look that way. Your body doesn't have to feel this way. Your body can be healed and healthy and whole and restored. Because Jesus came to destroy these works of the enemy. I said this at the beginning, but two weeks we talked about this. Two weeks ago we talked about your mind, your thoughts, and how that's the greatest battlefield of the enemy. And for many, many, many of us, that's where we lose the battle. We allow the enemy to come in and begin to torment us inside. And just like those, those historians said, basically, basically, if you lose the battle internally, the war is lost. That's the gist of it. And so when Satan comes, he doesn't come and tempt you. A lot of times with like flashy things that you can physically see, he comes and, and talks to you in your heart and your mind. He does things that cause you to put up walls. He makes you insecure. He brings fear to you. He pokes wounds that you already have to keep them from healing over and to cause them, in fact, to grow bigger and bigger. These are the works that Jesus destroyed. And all you got to do is remind yourself that Jesus came and destroyed those works. And so when the enemy comes into your life, comes and brings things to you that you know are not from God, that you know that you shouldn't have to live in, that you know you shouldn't have to walk through, that you know that you're just enduring, but you don't have to just endure them, that you can walk through them in victory because of Jesus. Let's go look at one more scripture. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We had a friend that used to call that God's Electric Power Company. That's how he remembered what order those books went in. 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Very, very simple. The Lord is wanting to remind you of the work that Jesus did for you. There's some of us here that have forgotten that Jesus is on our side. We sing songs about it. We praise and worship him. But deep down inside, sometimes we forget the work that Jesus really did for us. And we allow the works of the enemy to make a home in our heart. We allow those offenses. We allow those wounds. We allow those pains. We allow those angers, those frustrations, the anxiety. We allow those things to stay, and we begin to look over them. We make them like a cool feature because we don't know how to get rid of them. But the Lord destroyed all the works of the enemy so that you don't have to live with those things in your life. Has anybody ever been, like, had a physical ailment, you know, where something was wrong with your body and you had to, like, make do? You had to kind of, like, limp around or, like, you know, things weren't working the way they were supposed to. And so you got to kind of, like, make it happen, but it's not working well. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of us live our spiritual lives like that. This song is wonderful. (laughs) A lot of us live our spiritual lives like that. And instead instead of acknowledging and embracing the work that Jesus did on the cross for us and saying to those things, actually, you have no right. And that's the thing. Here's the thing. The works that the enemy brings to you have no spiritual authority or spiritual right to be in your life. Jesus destroyed those works on the cross. Are we together? And so then the enemy will bring you things hoping that you forget about the work Jesus did on the cross for you and that you allow those things into your life even though they've got no right to be there. Jesus wants to remind us today in our lives in our marriages, in our finances, in our families, in our relationships, in our bodies, in our emotions. That God destroyed the works of the enemy and you don't have to allow those things to stay. They have no right to stay and they have no authority. It's like when somebody parks in your parking spot at work. You have the right to go out and say, excuse me, that's my parking spot. And they have to say, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Colossians chapter 2. We'll finish here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15 says, You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Come on now. We need to read that again. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. 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 He forgave, come on now, he forgave all of our sins. If you can't be thankful for that, we got a bigger issue. Because without that sentence, we'd be in a world of hurt. 
We'd be in a world of separation. But we got a God, we got a king, we got a Lord, we got a Savior, we got a master who forgave all our sins. And he made you right with his father. And when he made you right with his father, he brought you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And when he did that, he made you a joint heir. He made you a son of the king. And now part of that kingdom is yours. He canceled the record of the charges against us. Oh, I love that phrase. He canceled the charge or the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to this cross. In this way, here we have Jesus the destroyer right here. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory on the cross. He took away the authority and nailed it to the, to the cross. The, the authority that the enemy had in your life, he took it away and nailed it to the cross. It's got no authority in your life. You've got Jesus, the destroyer, who has gone into your life, destroying the works of the enemy. So listen, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever is in your life that is either stealing from you in some way, it is killing something in you in some way, or it is destroying something inside of you or through you or around you in some way, it is the work of the enemy. And good news for you and for me and for all the people that you could ever hope to imagine, know, think, see, or ponder life with, all those people, they have all been because of the work of Jesus once they accept him into their life. Those works have been destroyed. Amen? Stand up with me. You got your Bible open. Do you want to say something? <laughs> Perhaps. I want to take a second here, and I, th I think I want to do a couple things. First thing I want to do is I want to, I want, um, let's just close our eyes. And I don't know everybody in this room. And so one of the last things I said was I made mention of if you've allowed Jesus into your heart then he has destroyed the works of the enemy by his power on the cross. And if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, if you've never, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you never surrendered your life to him, then the very first thing I want to do before we do anything else is I want to give you a chance to do that. If you need Jesus, the destroyer, to destroy the works of the enemy in your life, I want to pray with you. So if there's anybody in this place you say, yeah, I've never given my life to Jesus and I know that I need to. Or you have given your life to Jesus and you say, you know what? I've given my life to Jesus, but I have not been living the way that I know that I should. And I need to rededicate. I need to, I need to double down and say, I need to do this right. I need to put my whole heart and soul into this. I want you just to slip up your hand. We'll pray together. I see that hand. I see that hand. See that hand. 
I see that hand. Jesus the destroyer. Jesus the destroyer. Jesus the destroyer. Destroying the works of the enemy in our life. All right, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray together. So keep your eyes closed and just stay in this attitude. Just stay in this atmosphere. And we're going to all pray together. And I want you all, I want everybody in this room to repeat after me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I come to you right now. And I surrender my heart. And I surrender my life to you today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Come into my life and begin to destroy the works of the enemy. I surrender it all to you. I say, have your way in me today and forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said, amen, amen, amen. That's exciting. Come on, let's give thanks. That's exciting, guys. Here's the next thing I want to do. If you're in this place and you know that the enemy has been working in your life, where he has been stealing from you, he has been destroying, where he is working overtime to kill things, you know that your life doesn't look like maybe what you know the life of a follower of a Jesus should look like. I want to pray with you. I want to pray because I believe the Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage in our life. And I know that the Spirit of God is stronger than anything else. And in fact, Jesus was talking one time when he was being challenged for casting out demons. And he said, the Pharisee said, you're casting out evil spirits by the devil. That's whose power you have. He said, well, that doesn't make any sense. And then he begins to talk about who can bind the strong man. The New Living talks about who can bind Satan, but somebody who is stronger than him to go into his house and tie him up. And that person that is stronger than the enemy, than the accuser, than the adversary, is Jesus Christ. And so if you're in this place today and you say, you know what, I got things, I, I know that the enemy is trying to work in my life. I know that there are things in my life that are being stolen from me. I know that there's things in my life that are being killed. I know there are things in my life that have either been destroyed or are in the process of being destroyed. And I need Jesus to come and work in my life. I want you to slip up your hand and we're gonna pray and watch God work and move in our lives. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. And you don't need to be ashamed of this. Listen, we all need Jesus to work in our lives, don't we? 
So you don't be ashamed of saying, I need Jesus to work in my life because all you're doing is calling out to the Alpha and the Omega. You are calling out to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and saying, I need you to come and work because there are some weeds creeping up in my garden. There are some works in my heart that shouldn't be here. Now I know that if you raised your hand, it's because you can think of specific things that the enemy is trying to bring into your life. And so right now in the name of Jesus, we break off the yoke of the enemy. We say that you have no rights. We say that you have no authority. We say that you have no place in our hearts and our lives. You must take your hands off of us in the name of Jesus. I declare that you came to bring life and life more abundantly. And so right now, Satan, I say in the name of Jesus, by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, that you begin to break off chains and that the enemy must take his hands out of our hearts, out of our lives. We speak restoration. We speak reconciliation. Father, I thank you that you are doing a work that only you can do. That only you can do, Jesus. A work that you did on the cross by shedding your blood. Father, I thank you that your son destroys the works of the enemy. I speak today life. I speak today healing. I speak today wholeness in the name of Jesus Christ. And I say every person, every person in this place, they begin to see you work and move in their life, breaking off the chains of the enemy. We say addictions are falling to the ground dead in Jesus' name. We say addictions have no right and they have no authority and they have no hold over us in Jesus' name. We say that shame and guilt are gone in Jesus' name. I speak freedom in this place where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And I say in Jesus' name that there is freedom here right now. Jesus name. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.